Hello, and welcome back to On the Couch with Carly. I'm Carly, and before I share with you the episode I'm sharing today, just wanted to quickly come on here and tell you that this episode took me by surprise a little bit in the sense that um, the lady I'm going to speak to shares with us some harrowing details about her birth experience. So I just wanted to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this podcast to alert all my listeners who may have trauma related to birth, but also related to obstetric or otherwise just medical abuse. Um, please just be aware that this may be incredibly triggering. And just for anyone who's, who's you know, struggles with very difficult content like that, um, to just be aware that this this is a story that may be difficult to hear. Um, I hope you do in, not enjoy it, but I hope you, I hope you find it enlightening what we discussed today and, um, and understand the reason why we need to be speaking about such things. Okay, here it is. You're listening to On the Couch with Carly. Carly's Couch is a safe space to talk. I'm a psychologist, but I'm not your pipe-smoking, tweed-wearing stereotype. Hello, and welcome back to On the Couch with Carly. Thank you for joining me again here. I'm really excited. I've got a guest in the studio. Well, actually, she's in Joburg, and I'm in Cape Town, and we're doing this over the interwebs, and we've had some technical difficulties this morning, so it's been interesting. But I am so excited to welcome... Uh, ooh, let me get your surname right. I have to read it every time, otherwise I can't remember how to say it. But please welcome Botimelo Debukwane. Sorry, Debukwane. Um, she is a doula and a mum. And she contacted me and was interested in being on the podcast. And I said, absolutely, yes, I love that. She wants to talk about um, all things to do with doula support, birth, birthright, um, and also in particular to unpack how support both uh, during birth and postpartum can help moms to prevent postpartum anxiety and depression. And so that is a, a topic very close to my heart, something that I am very, very um, connected with. I actually did my master's research on doula support and I am very, very well versed in the, in the, the research on, on doulas. And so... I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about that. Um, but essentially, doulas are birth companions or birth coaches, they call it in some places. It's someone who sits with you throughout your labor and who visits you before your labor and after you've had the baby to keep offering support. But let's, let's hear from Botamelo. Like, thank you for being on here. It's so nice to have you. From your side, what, how do you see what doula support is or how did you come to being a doula? Tell me your story. Okay, thank you so much for having me, Carly. So I want to start off by explaining what exactly is uh, a doula and the role we play in a childbirthing team. It's a concept that has gained a lot of popularity as of recent. People are becoming aware of it. And doulas accompany women in labor. They provide emotional support, physical support, and they assist in offering comfort measures to women who are in labor, as well as advocate for women's birthing plans, making sure that the staff work according to what she wants, what she doesn't want, making sure that there's privacy in the room 
And um, how I became a doula was through my birthing story. It's helped me gain a lot of passion in this industry or in this doula world. I had a child when I was young. I was 21 years old and I was all alone in my room at Drez. And I gave birth alone. <laughs> like I was without anybody. I pushed the baby myself until the ambulance came an hour later. I sat in the dark and waited while I was bleeding out. I only remember a dark room and a child who was quiet, didn't respond, didn't cry. And getting to the hospital, being carried by an ambulance, getting to the hospital and being told that I must just open my legs. <laughs> That's what I remember. And being hit by the nurses at a public hospital telling me to open my legs because if I don't, then no one's ever going to want to sleep with me again because what? I'm wide open and I've had a child at such a young age. <gasps> so all this trauma and... Mm abuse and disrespect is what led me to start my journey as a doula. I started doing my research, seeing ways I can heal myself and also help other young girls who are in similar situations to heal. What role can I do or what, what role can I play in stopping what, I ha what happened to me um, not to happen to other girls? Because it's had an enormous effect on my self-esteem, my just my entire life in general. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been affected by the disrespect and abuse in maternity care units. So I, I just sat down and I did my research and I was like, I need to do something. I knew that my passion lies in helping people and I just didn't know that I'd end up in this situation where it would be through helping pregnant women. Because... Mm -hmm. It's just something that I, I can't see myself not doing. I barely even get through some days without thinking of what happened to me. Because, I mean, seeing my son every day is always a reminder. Sure. Wow. I am so, so sorry to hear that. That is absolutely wild what happened to you and I'm so sorry it must have been so scary you must have been so filled with fear I was filled with a lot of fear shock and confusion at the remarks that were made to me um, how the women were handling the situation they were not even willing to listen why I had given birth at home how everything happened in that situation, you expect to get to a hospital and think, okay, there are other women here. It's a sisterhood. You can just offload anything. It's a safe space. And it was just so, it took all my dignity away. And I'm still trying to rebuild. I'm even afraid. I don't know if I'll ever be that person that I was before because I'm still struggling. So that's why I want to, do everything in my power to stop other girls from going through the same thing because I know how much it can take away from someone. 
and how much you can never give back. Um, you, I think of times where like, I just wish I didn't even go to the hospital. And if I didn't, then I think of, okay, if I didn't, then my son wouldn't be here. But I also asked myself, was it worth it for me to go through all that abuse? Because she told me that the nurse that was helping me was an old lady. And she asked if, why I had the child at home. And I told her, no, I, I kept this pregnancy a secret from my parents for nine months. Not only my parents, but everyone around me. The only person who knew that I was pregnant was myself. And I had nobody. I didn't go to any antenatal classes. I didn't have any vitamins, your preg omegas, the baby showers, the callings where like, I can just call my friend and tell them, I have swollen feet today. Can you bring me this? I have cravings. I had none of that. I just had to push through it all alone. Then I also went through the birth alone, only to get to hospital to go through it alone again. I had to sign myself out of the hospital, sign disclosure form that I am discharging myself against what the nurses are saying because my child was below the average weight of a newborn baby. But I had to take that risk. I had to. I had to stand up for myself. And it was hard. In that moment, I thought to myself, no. If I take any more of this, there'll be nothing left of me. I'm still even trying to understand who Boitumelo is. Sure. That's a lot to to experience in such at such a young age. Um, but I mean, this is the most extreme version of not having support that I've ever heard of. And so you've gone into a field now that, that you know you're a certified wombs doula, um, which is a course that you have to do for, for many months, as far as I'm concerned. So what brought you to? to that point where you thought I actually need to get a qualification and you, you went that route? It was during the pandemic. Uh, like I said, I lost my entire life after having my son. I had to, I got, I left school. I was studying law and I, everything just became dark. And the only thing that would bring joy to me was trying to find ways to help women so that I could heal. I thought if I were helping others, then I would find closure in what happened to me. And I just opened my phone and I Googled. I didn't even have a laptop at that time. So I Googled and I found ways to try support women who go through the same thing that I go through or have been through the same thing that I've been through. And I found out about rooms, the course they offer, I didn't even waste time. I applied straight on the spot and they told me that I need to write a testimonial about why I want to become a doula, if I have the experience and if I will be able to. And I, I wrote. And that's been one of the best experiences mm. for me. So it's been part of your healing found, from the trauma. Yes, every practical that I've been through Every practical that I experience with other mothers has healed me and it still heals me. On some days where I feel sad about what happened, I, I go to the hospital and I support women 
through. Yeah, labor. I wanted to ask you about that. So, what was it like for you to go back to a hospital after your experience? What, I mean, surely it was very triggering to be in that environment again. How did you feel? It was daunting. I remember walking in. It was in Hillbro, so it was a hospital in Hillbro, and I remember walking in and feeling like my world was falling apart again. After trying to rebuild for a year, I felt like it was all coming down. But there was this excitement that I can't explain, and a feeling of contentment. Like I felt, just, I just felt so content. I was scared, but excited at the same time that I am taking some sort of action that I'm able to change the birthing outcome for a young girl who mm -hmm. could possibly not even know what's the next step after stepping out of that hospital. So it was terrifying, but I felt like I was taking my fear head on. I was dealing with my trauma head on something that I was trying to to run away from, I dealt with it. Wow. And That's yeah, brave. I just feel that I was facing all the things that were bothering me. So it wasn't that much of a, a triggering experience. I found yeah. a lot of healing, like I said. Yeah, I mean, that's it's an incredible story of healing, actually, that you can face the, the very space that you were traumatized in and, and find mastery over that environment, you know, to, to actually no longer be a victim in that environment, but to actually see yourself as having power, to be empowered in, in, in actually offering something of worth, finding yourself of value in that space. So that was really mm. well done. And so tell me about doula support for you. Like for those of, of my listeners who don't know what doula support is, what is it feel like what does it entail when you when you go into a room with a mom who's in labor what do, what do you do what do you, what do you feel what is it what is it like for the two of you um the overall outcome is obviously amazing for both mother and doula we we are a bridge between a nurse or your midwife and the mom where your voice mm. will speak for you we advocate for you whatever you want we do what you cannot do. If the curtain is open and you're in the middle of labor, we close it. We keep your dignity. Mm -hmm. That's what we aim for. We protect your peace, your space, and we have fun. It's the best thing to just release a lot of energy and good vibes to be laughing with someone who's going through a lot of pain, but being able to be the one that's making them smile through that pain, it's rewarding. And to be honest with you, it's about saving lives. I feel every time I'm present in someone's room when they're giving birth, I'm saving a life. I'm saving a, a victim, a possible victim of depression or anxiety. I'm taking mm. charge. I'm changing. And do you ever see these moms after after the birth? Do you ever meet with them once they've had the baby? Unfortunately, when you are doing practicals, you can't extend yourself over to seeing them postpartum because you have to focus on being the a doula in the hospital and during the labor. Okay. So we don't okay. really 
meet up with them. But once you're certified, like now, I can see them postpartum and we can now talk about breastfeeding, teach them how to breastfeed, okay. the benefits of breastfeeding, and also just yes. um, guarding their mental health right after birth. So we do see mm. them. Once you're certified, you can take your services and say, okay, I offer a, a postpartum service where I'll be with you for the first six weeks of uh, postpartum where I'll teach you how to breastfeed, give you a break when you need one, come in when you mm. want to go somewhere. You know, there's a lot to to adjust uh, with once you've given birth. So, I mean, we're extra pair of hands. Absolutely. So, have you qualified yet or are you still going to qualify? I'm a qualified womb doula now. Okay, so you are qualified. So have you? So are you? Are you opening yourself up to private clients as well, or do you think you'll carry on working in the public um, hospitals? I mean, for to feed my soul and to feel um, whole, I will always help out in public hospitals because that's that's the whole point of me getting into this. I don't see why I would want to help people when I don't actually go and be with them actively taking action. So I will take on private clients, but I will also go to public hospitals and do voluntary work there. But mm -hmm. private clients will be charged accordingly. Right. And what is the going rate for um, for a womb's doula at the moment? What is, I mean, just fill me in. I don't, I haven't done this, I haven't been in touch with the womb's doula since 2011. So I don't know, 20, 2010 actually. So I don't know. Um, what is the going rate at the moment for, for, a doula, for a doula? It's different with every doula because we all offer different mm. services. I mean, okay. there can be someone who is a doula and a perinatal coach someone who's a doula and a yoga coach uh, and okay. there's someone who's a doula who's also a doctor. There's just so many things that you can offer. So yes. it's different. There's some doulas with birthing centers, you know, so they'll mm. offer you the space of having your home birth mm. outside of a, um, mm. a hospital. So it's different for every doula. I can't put a price to it and say that this is a going rate, but every doula okay. charges differently but it will never ever be more than 5k 5000 okay yeah okay yeah. um i think what's important to also acknowledge is just the idea of having a black doula in this country um that that there are you know people of color black women who who would be you know they would find a black doula that much more desirable to have someone of their same race who can be in the space with them. Because I know in Cape Town, um, you know, as a white woman, I, I obviously know a lot more about the sort of, and, you know, the private hospitals and the, the white sort of middle-class version of this, which is, you know, you hire a doula and they come to you to your private hospital. And, but I, th I think there's so much benefit in, in, in getting this service far and wide and also for black people to really see themselves in this work, you know, because it, it must make a huge difference. So I think that, that for me seems very important that you're doing this work as a young black woman and also um, helping 
um, poorer black women who do not have the support, who do not, who are very often laboring alone. And, and what I know about the research is that's where doula support was first invented, actually, was in, was in, um, third world countries where people were, were laboring on their own and they were, they were, they put in a woman to sit with these, these women while they were giving birth and just having someone there. They didn't, in the beginning, they didn't even do anything. They didn't do massage or, but just having someone there in, impacted so greatly on birth outcomes. It, you know, it reduced the length of labor. It's reduced the need for obstetric interventions. It Im- improved the mother's satisfaction with her birth. It helped, as you said, reduce postpartum depression and anxiety. So, I mean, we know there's benefits and particularly that it can be incredible for, for poorer women who are sitting in, you know, alone in a, in a big ward in a, in, a, in a public hospital. So I said a lot there, but yeah, tell me about that for you. Like the whole, the whole race thing and just being in, in South Africa and what we see in terms of how people are treated because of their race. Yeah, what do, what do you... What do you what do you feel about that? Okay, no, definitely. I think that a lot of black people, black women need to be educated on what doulas do and the role that they play because there's not much education when it comes to maternity, pregnancy, contraceptions. Just black women in general aren't clued up on their bodies because such things are taboo. In a black household, you don't speak about such things. It's not conversations we have. The tea is too hot to sip. And um, my role or the reason why I also just feel so, uh, I feel more content in what I'm doing because of my race. It's not often that you see a black woman deciding to be a doula is something for white people or white people usually enjoy the benefits of having a doula. So being able to reverse the statistics, you know, and change the ball game for motherhood and just maternity and the birthing experience for Black women is something that I really want to take on. And um, I mean, the condition of hospitals in South Africa is appalling. We have cases of people going in to give birth, coming out with like no legs or arms, they get amputated because of negligence. Um, there are many cases of negligence, disrespect and abuse. Um, and it's all the public hospitals, you know, where you find a young black underprivileged young girl going, you know. So mm-hmm. I just think that I really want to take up space in that light and make birthing the birthing experience comfortable and enjoyable for people who are not so excited about it, who are scared to talk to their p- parents or family members mm. about birth. And also just, it's like, I think that me being a doula, that's black working in a hospital that is known to bring and drag you down will help me catapult women, you know, from being stuck in a rut postpartum. Because if you're a young girl and you come to a hospital, you give birth, 
they hit you, they abuse you, you go home, you hate yourself, you're dealing with so many things. There's no way that you can see beyond all of that. You kind of let go of anything that you had in mind to do after giving birth. Your dreams become delayed. You, you don't see anything. You don't see any light. So me being able to remove all those barriers, show them the light at the end of the tunnel, Mm. is it's very important to to me and it's it's interesting because you're saying that there are a lot of white people who know about do this and because I'm black I'll, I'll be able to do this for black women but usually you find yourself in a hospital where the women who are disrespecting you are black mm. and you're black so it's also something that we need to discuss you know as women yeah. in general black women like, what are we doing to help one another? Are you bringing me down? Right. You know? So um, I really, it's, it's stuff like that that I want to talk about with other women who are in practice. And I'm also thinking that just the, the situation, sometimes the women are working in conditions where they're understaffed. We also need to take yeah. that into consideration because there are two sides to Absolutely. everything. So um there's a high number of women coming into the labor wards. You're tired and you need to deal with 35 births all in one night or more. You mm -hmm. don't have the time to emotionally support someone. You need to get your job right. done. You need to save the child's life. You need to save the mother's life. And if anything, mm -hmm. they will save. They'll put a lot of focus on the mother, saving the mother's mm -hmm. life. So for me, I just feel being able to, to be that man in the middle, you know, to do what they're unable to do because I, I don't expect them to, to spread themselves over so much. It's a lot to deal with. Sometimes mm. you'll be in a maternity ward where there isn't equipment. Towels are finished, mm. pads are finished, and then you have to deal with someone who's just screaming and they're in pain which you can't take away, but to have a doula there and just support you through it, we're kind of taking off the load from mm. the role that midwives play. And I think we need a lot of that in sure. hospitals, black-centered hospitals. Yeah. yeah. And do you find that they're, that they're open to you being there? I mean... I remember when I was doing the research, there was a little bit of turf wars happening between the, the midwives and the nursing staff and the doulas, you know, a little bit of like, hey, that's not your job. You don't get to do that. That's our job. You know, don't touch our, our things. I don't know. Have you found that at all? Or do you find that they're actually, as you said, just, just a, it's a relief that someone's there to take care of their patients and they don't have to do it? I think um, there obviously is always going to be drama. There are some midwives who are very welcoming and just grateful that we're there to take off the load that they're dealing with. And then there's some of them who mm. are very mean, who don't want us to be there. And I'm suspecting that it's also out of frustration and just being exhausted mm. and fatigued. I mean, you're up all night. So I just think that there are people who are mean, who are not accepting of doulas in the hospitals and then there's some people who are really appreciative of our presence and it's those few women those few midwives who keep us going 
I don't really put right. my focus on on the negative, yes. the negative ones, the naysayers. Yes. Well, well done for doing that. I think that's applaudable. <laughs> I mean, it seems like you're just taking on this massive system where things are so rotten. I mean, I've worked in a public hospital before and it's shocking. I mean, it's sh- your story alone is something we should never, ever, ever hear of. Unfortunately, the reality is that it's happening all the time. And I mean, you talk about it as right routine, routine abuse, right? It's routine. It's, it's what you, it's the standard mm. level of care is abuse. And, and the fact that we aren't all freaking out about that. In fact, I had a conversation with some, someone recently. We were talking about the COVID pandemic and, and, you know, what, you know, has, have the governments overreacted to this pandemic? And I was saying, you know, from a, from a public health perspective, it, it, it was a serious thing and is a serious thing. And, you know, if you go into the hospitals and you see how busy the COVID wards are and you see how understaffed they are and under, resource they are and they don't have the ventilators and the, the you know, the, the oxygen and they're running out and there's no beds and it is a, a problem. And that's obviously why we've had to, you know, re- um, reduce infections. Um, and this person said to me, but I'm sorry, but aren't our public hospitals in that sort of state anyway? Like, I mean, why are we now, you know, and, and of course, yes, we need to take notice of COVID. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a COVID denialist by any stretch of the imagination. I, really do understand the, the, the excessiveness of how bad this pandemic is. But what about this pandemic, this pandemic of abuse in our public hospitals? Mm. And not only in our public hospitals, I've heard stories from private hospitals. You know, you pay a fortune for these places and you still get abused by the nursing staff. Um, yeah. You know, w- women have told me about being totally um, emotionally and physically manhandled in in hospitals in private hospitals. So, but I, I think we know that that the as you said the the absolute depletion of the resources um, in public is just excessive. You know, there's just too many people and not enough money and not enough staff, and and the staff themselves are mistreated. You know, they're they're being treated badly and abused by their superiors. There's no money. The people that yeah. are at the top are stealing. I mean, that's what, when I was in the hospital, that's what I saw is that the CEO was a gangster, essentially, you know, thank you, ANC. You know, the, the, the CEO was a gangster who was basically waltzing around like he's a big boss, but actually taking all the, all the funds. Um, people were not coming to work, not doing their jobs, but nothing was being done. There was inefficiency. And then the poor nursing staff at the bottom of the rung, the bottom of the hierarchy are running around like headless chickens trying to do their jobs really in, an, in a situation where it's like, it's a war zone. So, but, but, but I mean, we need to be upset about this, right? This is not something that we can just accept. It's absolutely unacceptable. It, it riles me up. No, <laughs> so the fact, the fact that you're taking this on, the fact that you, this young person who's traumatized yourself is taking this on, is going and, back into that war zone and and doing the brave work that you're doing. I mean, honestly, I take my hat off to you. I don't, I don't think I'm made of a strong stuff myself. You know, I think what you're doing is incredibly brave and incredibly valuable. Um, and yeah, all, all I want to say is, we, you know, we need to, we need to make a movement out of this, right? That, that you alone can't do this. It needs to be something bigger that gathers more momentum, that gets financial support. Um, I've thought about mm. this ever since I did my research was that actually 
it needs to be something that is funded. I mean, the the big the big um, insurance companies should be funding this. I mean, Discovery would make money by actually providing doula support as a standard cover because of how it would save them on other expenses. Because we know that when you know when moms are really unwell, if they if they get more obstetric interventions, it actually costs more for Discovery. So. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You go to the Caesar rate in this country and everything else, and we really do have a problem with with women having. I, t- I think we've got a really big problem with birth rights in this country. You've started a bit of a movement on your on your own. You've got a blog. You say you've got a digital village. You do. You have an Instagram page. It's called Mama Club. Am I right? Like you said, it is bigger than me, and I can only do this with the help of other moms, um, the help of other women. You don't even have to be a mom to know that you have reproductive health rights. So my page, The Mama Club, is just a digital platform that I've created for other moms to offload anything that they're dealing with. It's a page where I write think pieces on motherhood, my journey, and also what to do when you're in a situation where you're dealing with disrespect and abuse in those maternity care units. So I just feel that I would really appreciate it if anybody, if we just work together to help people know their rights. And like you said, I really like what you said about discovery, taking on doulas, you know, as as a part of the health um, services you get from medical aid. Because I mean, having to go for a Caesar when you're not scheduled for one is so costly. And we can reduce that, a doula can reduce that within, we, you, we can do that, we can lower the chances of getting a Caesar. Yeah. If you have a doula, can lower the chances of having interventions such as epidurals, oxytocin. So I just, I feel that mm. we need to start speaking and be Absolutely. proactive we need to have conversations. We need to educate one another. We need to be open to learn, you know. Um, it's these midwives who just shut you down when you try to explain what exactly a doula is just because you're not offering mm. medical assistance. Mm. Then they just immediately mm. think that you're not of value. So I just think it's time to relearn and rethink. Um, I'm really hoping to shift everybody's view on what a doula is and the role that we play That's through brilliant. educating them. Thank you them. so much. Thank you so much, Butamelo. I think you've really been incredibly brave to come on here and share your story and just to do the work that you're doing. I really, really, really believe that. Um, if you want to get in touch with Butamelo, you can get hold of her on her Instagram, which is at... The underscore mama club. The underscore mama club. Okay, Brilliant. And um, you'll find her her link to her to her blog as well there. And um, you know, if you are a, a mama in the Joburg area, and if you're, you know, think you might need support during your birth, please contact Butamelo. Um, you could find her probably on the Wombs uh, directory. Is that right, Butamelo? Otherwise, where? They can contact you via Instagram or do you want to share anything else that they can contact you via? They can contact me via my doula services number, which is 076 212 
Okay, brilliant. Thank you so much. It was really lovely having you on today. And um, I'm sorry it's had to be a short conversation because of our technical difficulties. But it was lovely to chat to you. And thank you so, so much. We will, when I when I share this podcast, um, we'll, you know, we'll share your details. And, you know, let's just keep the conversation going, as you said. You know, I think the more we talk mm. about this, the more we share our experiences, the more we try to make this um, a conversation that has had outside in the world, as you said, it can save lives. And and I think honestly, you're doing you're doing God's work, as they say. You're an angel. So yeah. um, please take care of yourself and your son. And um, yeah, I, I I wish your your doula career all the best. I hope you do really really well. And and yeah, thank you for being on today. Thank you so much for having me and just giving me the platform to speak about my story and just the role of doulas. It's I really appreciate it. This podcast is recorded at Edible Audio in Cape Town, South Africa. Edited by Edible Audio. Original music by Alex Smiley. Thank you.